The following podcast reflects the views and opinions of the hosts and guests only. They do not reflect the views or opinions of any agency or specific members of an association. At times, colorful language may be used and may be unsuitable for people under the age of 18. Discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number four of the PPA podcast. I'm uh, one of your hosts, uh, Steve Graham is president of the PPA. With me as always is... Dan Coyne, uh, director on the board of the PPA. Uh, appreciate you guys. We've been following the people that have been uh, watching and listening to our podcast. It's up on iTunes, it's on Anchor, it's on our YouTube page. If you want to watch the video, you got to like and subscribe to our page. Um, Adela has updated me that we are are national now we've been heard in canada we've been heard in florida uh, arizona colorado texas california utah um, so that's just because adela actually took a road trip went to all those places logged in on a marriott computer and got us a hit so it really isn't mean anyone's listening to us at all <laughs> uh, but uh, no we appreciate everybody listening we appreciate all the positive feedback we appreciate the negative feedback um, some people have said, hey, maybe you could put in a couple segments. Uh, we're going to do one in the future about retirees, uh, maybe how to prolong your life in retirement, what you could be looking to do, taking care of yourself, um, things like that. But uh, today's show, uh, we got we got some uh, good – we got no special guest uh, for today's show. Uh, it's just going to be Dan and I. We are going to have – John Abel. John Abel is, as promised, going to eat the Pocky Chip. Uh, now, what's the rule? So, what can't he drink? Like, is so, there... on the the packy chip challenge, you have to do a minimum of five minutes without drinking okay. or eating anything. We're gonna let him do two minutes because of his age. <laughs> he, he's also coming off ailing health. Yeah, he's also coming off of a fresh injury um, where he fell into the bushes because uh, he's trying to eat differently and he passed out. He says he didn't. He says he tripped. But uh, it, it was how far was that fall? Seventeen feet. It was, uh, I think, nine inches was the fall. <laughs> he, uh, he said it was at least three feet, but we went out and measured. It was nine inches. Um, <laughs> if we can he's get, lucky to be alive. It, no doubt about it. If we can get clearance from uh, our sensor in the back of the room, uh, David, and uh, put that video on our next link so you can all be a judge for yourself. Did he trip or did he just pass out because he's trying not to eat? Um, so we, we've got some, uh, some interesting things for the show today, and uh, – we're, we're leading up to Christmas. Uh, we're going to have another show before Christmas time. Right, Miss Adele? Yeah. We're going to call you Miss Adele from now on because I love it. Miss Adele. Um, and so uh, what, what do we got here, Dan, for our first uh, – we're going to stresses of dealing with COVID and family life. So Dan, Dan is in, in true, uh, true professional fashion. Dan does all our research. Uh, he pulls everything up. Uh, I don't even have my iPad here, so you can tell I don't do the research. Uh, but we're ready to go every time we pull something up. And Dan briefs me very well. Oh, yeah. um, this is this is all Dan though. He he loves the COVID. He loves health and sha- uh, health and safety. Um, he, he's he's going to talk about some of that stuff and some of the issues that some of our cops and uh, corrections officers face. So as first responders, we have to go to work. Um, a lot of Americans are staying at home. They don't have the workplace stress. They just have that family life stress. But us, our kids now, they don't go to school, right? Uh, schools have been shut down. Um, a lot of your family members are staying at home now as well. We don't have first responders in the family. So a lot of the families being submerged with, you know, 24-7 crazy kids. My, my son, my three-year-old, is a wild animal. 
you know, gets on my wife's nerves, all that. So we have people staying at home um, that aren't used to it, stuck inside. Movies aren't open up. They don't have those outlets. Um, so they're dealing with a lot of that stress as well as organizational stress um, from police departments or their employers. Uh, new rules. Ours coming from Health and Shady. Uh, and hey, if you're exposed by a family member, you got to stay at home. So a lot of our employees are dealing with um, the stress of the homeschool, um, <clears throat> recreational places being closed down, no outlets, and then from work, um, extra work, workload. So <clears throat> I don't have kids in school, so I don't have to deal with that. You have kids in school. Are they being homeschooled right now? They they are, yeah. It's it's interesting the dynamic of how the homeschooling is going. So I've got four daughters, uh, two in high school, two in elementary school. Um, definitely varying levels of involvement from teaching. Uh, listen, I'm not a teacher. I can't profess to know how hard it is right now going through what we're going through. But uh, I do know when regular school was going, my my kids didn't have every Wednesday off, and now my kids in high school have no Wednesday school. Uh, they'll go sometimes to class for 20 minutes of an hour-long class, and they'll say, okay, you're done. Just do some work at home. So <clears throat> I'm not sure the, the, the level of learning that they're getting, um, especially because three of my four are getting straight A's, and they're not, yeah. bright. They're not bright at all. So there's, there's What did no they get last year? I think uh, one of them got kicked out of school. Uh, <laughs> the other one was home taught by me. She failed also. Um, you know, they're not bright kids. They're my children. I love them to death, but they're not very bright. So to see that they're getting straight A's, there's got to be something going on. I'm just kidding. But uh, but it is. It's tough. They, they miss the social interaction. Yeah. They miss seeing friends. Uh, they miss playing sports. They miss my daughter's uh, the freshman, and she's in student council, but they can't get together and yeah. do things. So like you said, the stress of sitting at home, and then that filters to my wife and I, who work full time. And so now we've got to help them and deal with them as well as our work stresses like you were talking about. It's added. No, I mean, I have an online degree, so I know a little bit more, you know, about the online schooling, and it's it's not the same caliber. Not University of Phoenix? No, no, it was uh, the Bulldogs, Redlands Community College. University of Redlands, go Bulldogs. We also have uh, Brian Grammis, two, part of the alumni. Two-week attendee at the University of Redlands on a football scholarship. Prestigious school. But, no, it it's definitely less of a caliber of learning when you can Google the answers on a test. Um and get the work done two hours worth of work in 20 minutes i don't think the kids are learning what they need to be doing so on to our next one do we have any uh updates about the covid 19 and uh ppa versus lv and pd negotiations right now so we we filed an emrb complaint for those that aren't aware what emrb is it's kind of the controlling uh body of the land when it comes to employee negotiations um so we filed after uh, Chief McMahill's video about discipline will arise if you come to work with any symptom related to COVID, uh, potentially a suspension. And so uh, it was our belief that we should be negotiating all those things. There's a lot of yes. ancillary things, bonus time, sick time, uh, staying at home sick, even though you feel fine and they don't want you at work. So we filed it. I believe, David, we were the first ones to file anything related to COVID time, correct? Um, and then we had a lot of people reaching out saying, hey, we, uh, we also want to be involved. We want to take part in this because other people apparently are having issues too. We were just the first ones at the trough to file something. 
subsequently since then i sat down and talked with sheriff lombardo and had a good conversation he said listen we'll, we'll sit down and we'll negotiate this stuff so good for those wondering we have added it to our negotiations for the COVID issue we still have our emrb case out there pending but we're going to try and work our way through it through negotiations and uh see where we go from there well hopefully something comes out of that um the next one that we have is Health and safety, or other known um, names would be health and shady, is what a lot of employees are calling them now, because they're calling them up, they're doing what they're supposed to do per that video, they're reporting a runny nose, um, they're reporting getting sick or contacts off duty, and they're being honest about it, and SOCs are being opened up um, based on these conversations with health and safety or health and shady. So... We wanted to reach out with our employees and um, let them know how to deal with health and safety when they're talking with these people. What, what do you recommend, Steve? You know, it's funny. We, we've talked about this for the last week or so, and, and it really just kind of hits me now that, you know, they're having conversations that could end up with discipline. And, and it, it has now ended up in discipline. People have been relieved of duty. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it – it, you know, with our legal here, uh, David in the background, um, David, when, when, an, when an officer calls health and safety and, and they start asking questions that they know could be discipline related, uh, do they have to answer those questions in your opinion, David, or, or is that something they have to give them notice or that they could reasonably believe discipline could arise? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> there, there was a national case with emails, wasn't there? Where, where, Cops were told they have to check it's their emails. FLSA um, electronic correspondence was just emails, text messages, and um, phone calls. Where if you're taking phone calls, emails, or placing them off duty, and the department not only mandates it but just allows it, say, hey, you don't have to do it, but you're allowed to do it, you have to be compensated at time and a half. And uh, I think I think we should start doing that. Um, I called up health and safety and asked them the questions they asked these employees. And they said, hey, the first thing we ask them is if you, you've had any symptoms of COVID. And they went through the symptoms with me. There was like 30 symptoms. It's like, you know, you were sore one day or stuffy nose or um, heartburn, diarrhea, like any symptom you can imagine that has, I don't think, anything related with COVID. If you say yes to it, and did you come to work when you were sore? or had a stuffy nose, and they answer yes, then they're being SOC'd. Yeah, that, man, it's problematic. Like I said, for us, balancing, keeping people healthy and, and looking out for them, and then, oh, yeah, hey, we're also potentially disciplining you from what you're telling us uh, is, is problematic from our, our standpoint. So I guess for anyone listening, I mean, we'll, I'll reach out since this kind of just kind of came to me while we were sitting here. I'll reach out to the department and say, you know, hey, listen, this is another aspect of, of bargaining. It's got to happen. These people, you can't expect them to be truthful, but then you bang them because they came to work. And, you know, we've been saying this all along. Officers are coming to work. There was a time in my career where they said, hey, I don't care how you feel. You need to come in. We need cops here. Yeah. Come in sick. Come in. I get it with the, 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 the They're thought. disciplining officers yeah. for, for calling off when they were sick. Yes. More, yes. Than, more than a certain amount of times in a year. Yeah. And it's it's crazy that now all of a sudden they just forget about that and they want you to call off. Yeah. So well, for all our folks that that listen to this, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep banging away at it. Um, any of the national folks that are interested in how we're moving along, feel free to reach out and uh, you know hopefully we can get some 
reasonable resolution to what we're doing here as it relates to COVID. All right, on to our next topic. Well, hold on, before we get off of that, how many, do you get a lot of people calling you saying, hey, is our, is our city going to get shut down? I mean, we look at L.A. got shut down. Now I think it's like 85% of California is under a mandatory stay-at-home order. Um, I, I've gotten people, hey, Steve, what do you think? What do you think? This morning I was getting my hair cut, and, and uh, my barber, Steve, at uh, Windy City Barbers, uh, good haircuts in, in case you're in town and you like a regular barber shop. But well, they he, did a great job on you today. I think so. I think so. Um, but, you know, small business owner there, he's like, you know, can I survive? And, you know, I recall back when COVID started and we, we at the time, we, we had the okay by the governor. Uh, and then he backdoored us and said, I never gave you the okay, which is fine, whatever. Uh, but uh, Windy City came out and they cut a bunch of cops hair and, and stuff like that. So, again, small business wondering, hey, Steve, you guys are kind of in the know. Do you think we're going to get shut down? And I don't know what to tell people. I, like, I don't know what our governor does. No, I mean, I, I don't know why he does it. Um, it's, everything he's done so far is just hurting small businesses, hurting um, the pocketbooks of citizens of this state. And it it's a hard time to be uh, a small business owner. My wife was telling me that last night. She feels bad for all these people who you know, invested their, their life savings and started a business at this time. And and then uh, the governor shuts everything down and they lose everything. It's sad. Well, how, how, and how does a business reasonably run at 25% occupancy? I mean, I don't. I, 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 I read a study that said 50% occupancy still can't get them to pay the bills. No. Now 25%. Uh, again, we're just we're just going to decimate our 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 city, our state, uh, our country potentially over. You know, hey, give it two weeks, stay at home for two weeks, three weeks. You got the one governor telling people stay at home, don't leave your home, and he's doing it from what Cabo. Yeah, he was yep. he was yep. in his daughter's wedding. I think they said. Well, I'm here in Cabo telling you stay at home. Same thing, but with I'm, our governor. I'm traveling. He's he's drawing the plans up to shut down the state from his Halloween party. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, and and that's all hearsay. Of course, we don't know, but uh, rumor was he was telling people leave your phones in a bucket so that you can't take photos of mm-hmm. of this. But I don't know if that's true. Could be true. Could be false. I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, it's just you know as we talk through this COVID thing, man, it just keeps. Of course, we all keep working, right? We're we're needed cops corrections gotta keep working um they our cops went out there when this all started put their lives on the line being exposed to ppe our folks at the jail are still yep. working modules with this, people that are covid positive what's what's crazy is health and safety in the department says if you've even come in contact with somebody who's covid positive or if you have a stuffy nose you can't leave your house you're you're on lockdown inside your house However, we have a module with 50 or 60 COVID positive people who are actually COVID positive, these inmates, and they let them come out on free time and walk around, you know, because they don't want to be restrictive on them, but they, they have no problem being restrictive with their employees. Another question I've been getting from people is, so when the vaccine is made available, will it be mandatory for us to take it? Some people don't want to take it. I don't know if I'd take it. I wouldn't take it. No, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I. I don't blame people for taking it, but what do what do they say? We're gonna get like 164,000 to our state uh, doses of the the vaccine. Yeah, there's a big rollout um, going on. Um, they're trying to figure out who's going to get it first. Um, at one point, they wanted inmates to get it before uh, grocery workers, um, but when it comes, I mean, there's not gonna be any 
track record of the side effects or the long-term effects of it and even wonder it makes me wonder if they're going to mandate our children to get it before returning to school um but it's, it's scary so that's what i tell people and, and david in the back of the room you can probably chime in on this if i'm accurate or i'm not accurate you you often will tell me i think i'm right and you'll go not even close steve here's the truth but a lot of people kids for school they can mandate you have vaccines to come to school um maybe smith's could probably mandate since they're not they don't have like a contract or a collective bargaining whereas for us if they said hey you have to take it otherwise you could be terminated that couldn't be something in your opinion david that could just be rolled out do you think like that's a mandatory subject we're talking about discipline and discharge if they said take the shot or get terminated they can't just roll that thanks david i I like to defer to you on a lot of that stuff as as a you know very successful trial lawyer, One district attorney. World's greatest legal minds. Uh, put OJ in jail for stealing his own shit back. I say that to everybody, and uh, it was amazing that he was able to pull that off. Uh, so, I th- all right, we, 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 we uh, hammered COVID enough. And as you guys keep getting, remember, uh, podcast at lvppa.com is our email. You can send us things. You can be in Canada and send us a question. You can be in Mexico. You can be in New York. Hey, if there's something you want us to address, if you have a, a – pro law enforcement business out there that wants to get some recognition um we'll give you a shout out sponsor today again in true fashion of our sponsors they have no idea they're sponsors of the Winchell's show donuts yep they stepped up they filled the sponsorship sponsorship slot this session um great donuts what we what we get so they're the only ones that carry a how it's not a that's the one so that's they're the only place that carries a peanut donut on so it's not the hard cake what is that one adela the, the puff pastry yeah. it's delicious it, it's a good it's a good uh you need milk but that's a good donut i can't eat those um i have a bodybuilding competition coming up in a week and a half so i gotta cut out the carbs and the sweets uh but uh yeah thanks to winchell's for uh giving us this uh dozen donuts that we paid full price for and you had no idea you'd be on the show but uh thanks for uh partnering with us cops like donuts they say so all right, what do we got next, buddy? So next is the um, San Francisco Police Union clears the way for police-free responses to some calls. So the uh, president of the police union, I believe it's, uh, what's his name, Tony Montoya, he uh, cleared the way for 17 types of calls for service in police uh, for the police department not to handle it for civilians to handle. And these calls are behavioral, uh, mental health crises, um, homeless problems, traffic problems, parking. Uh, the biggest thing I'd say is the homeless. Like a lot of people don't realize they're violent. These guys are out. Most of them are multiple time ex felons, and you're gonna have civilians handle these calls. Um, what else here? Yeah, I've, yeah the I've, mental health too. I mean, a lot of those times they're they're violent people. They're they're dealing. Dealing with a crisis going on, and you're going to send out civilians who are unarmed to, to handle this. Yeah, I, I've had this conversation with people, and, and listen, I am a uh, I'm an advocate for police departments getting more resources. Uh, definitely not chopping them or defunding them like we've seen across the country in places, right? But if you took a patrol officer and put and said, "Hey, you're you're going out to a homeless camp," we should have a resource with us. Once we make it safe for a civilian to come in and talk about alternatives and things like that that's great uh, that that could free up an officer to go out and handle real calls for service and that but to to turn people loose on just 
a, a mentally ill person and say, hey, just go up there and talk to them, Coulter. They don't know who you are, and, it, and that could lead to us having more problems. Um, so, you know, when you look at things, traffic too. You know, you go up and, and write a traffic ticket. We look at our volunteers. Our volunteers go out and they do uh, the handicapped parking tickets. Yeah. Typically, it's when no one's around the car because yeah. you don't want the conversation. You don't know if that car's stolen. You don't know if the registered owner just killed a family member, and now there's a police presence there writing a ticket, and they want to take out the violence on them because they think they're going to jail. You don't know. Uh, so you can't just say, oh, yeah, all this stuff is just so nice, and let's let unarmed civilians go out and handle this stuff. But having them as a resource doesn't hurt. Well, when I was working downtown, I was approached by more business owners, small business owners than anywhere I've ever worked. And it was in frustration of the homeless problem. They said, hey, these guys are camping outside of my store. They're they're defecating where I'm doing business. And when I go up and say something to them, they attack me. They come in the business. They don't pay for something. When they, when they put them on blast about it, they get attacked. And we're going to send civilians out here. I, I, I think maybe training the police officers and more mental health capacity maybe and still be armed it would be safe but i don't i don't feel safe sending civilians out to any call with with homeless people no no i i agree with you and side note so i told adela before the show started uh, my mom my mom's uh 70 years old and so yesterday i was at her house with my kids and we were making christmas cookies or whatever and so she told me that her phone when it rings instead of a ringer it says the name of who's calling and so of course knowing that i then took uh, my brother's contact, my contact, and changed the names into things that my mother probably doesn't want to hear. <laughs> and she just texted me and said, I saw all your crazy-ass adjustments to my contact list. Thank you. So <laughs> had to throw that in there that she now has some weirdos calling her, but it's actually her son's. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're you're right. I mean, it, oh. there's, there's cop stuff, and then there's civilian stuff. Introduce the civilians when you can, but cops still need to be out there. But we, def- we realize you can't arrest your way out of a homeless problem. Uh, but when a homeless guy's threatening people, you need cop you need cop response. You know, and I think it's just another way to start the defund of the police movement. Um, San Francisco, they're losing tens of thousands of residents every year because it's it's uh, it's not a nice place to live because the homeless problem, the crime problem that they're they're dealing with. So I think it's just gonna backfire in their face like everything they've done in the last ten years has. Yeah. So next up, uh, another California police department, um, an L.A. sheriff sergeant sues for censorship. Who's covering? Yep. It's like a beeping. Is that our fire alarm? Beep beep. Yeah, where's that at? So just back it up to uh, intro in a second. All right. And then we'll uh, we'll be good to go. All right, Steve. So our next uh, topic is an LAPD sergeant files a lawsuit over repeatedly being disciplined for personal social media posts. And, uh, I mean, this is is something um, I believe is a a violation of our officer's First Amendment. I don't like the censorship I get on the show. Yeah. I don't like the censorship. That the department does on our social media, they we've had officers disciplined in the past for you know putting their own opinions on social media. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like you you can't be a person, you don't have a voice, you don't have the same freedoms that you know normal citizens have. And I understand being held to a higher standard, but 
I think it goes too far. So uh, Sergeant uh, Sadama, he's uh, he's been he's got two uh, two suspensions for posting um, about Nipsey Hussle and Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court. He said his opinions um, run counter to the LAPD's political stance, so that's why he was disciplined. What are your thoughts on this? You know, so I'm, I'm looking at some of his posts, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, he's not bad-mouthing his police department. He's not bad-mouthing his supervision. He's not condoning violence, from what I'm reading. Um, he, he's just... You know, stating some opinions on uh, some of the things like, uh, like you said, Kavanaugh or, or even Nipsey Hussle. I mean, it's to, this one to me looks like, yeah, they they little uh, little far. Um, the one here, the bottom line is that he chose the lifestyle that ultimately killed him, and it wasn't the great guy lifestyle that so many people are making it out to be now that he's gone. Um, you know, talking about Nipsey Hussle, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure some people don't like the fact. I know Nipsey Hussle was big in his community. People really liked the guy. Um, I don't know him. Never listened to his music, but I never heard of him before he was shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before he was shot, I never heard of him. Yeah, he was he was never on Lethal Action or anything like uh -huh. that. But um, you know, I mean that that doesn't that to me that doesn't bang the drum of hey, you brought discredit to the police department because you said the lifestyle someone was in uh, ended up getting him killed. Uh, God, I don't. Yeah, I think there's some overreach there, maybe, um, especially in that guy's in L.A., right? Yeah, LAPD. And and that's where I think uh, Nipsey was killed in in California, and he was big in California, so you probably got a lot of blowback from that one. Um, yeah, I, I think that one's a stretch. I mean, like you said, we're we can't do things that bring discredit to our agency that bring uh, discredit that we're being insubordinate and bad-mouthing people uh, on there, I get. Uh, that's been held up. Uh, David will just nod in agreement, but that's been held up in courts that we do have a restricted right for um, what we can post uh, as far as social media or say. But this one I don't think hits the hits the nail and of Usually Jesus. there's a huge double standard. If he would have went on and said how great of a person these people were, and it was within line of their department's political, you know, standards. Is I don't think you'd be getting disciplined. And it's same same thing with our department. I've seen stuff on the news recently that I'm like, wow, that's pretty offensive. But you know, the department doesn't take up a stance on it because it's in line with they, what they want. Yeah. yeah. And then what's that? Hold on. Considering the circumstances, there's no way that Kavanaugh can be proven guilty. So long O's in a question mark. Again, if that's what you're getting banged on, I mean, yeah, Jesus, like. Still, still have a right to talk. For God's sakes, I mean, yeah, you know that that if that's it, if that's what they say, uh, got him in trouble. I mean, come on, L.A., you got to be better than that. All your people are going to leave and they're going to come to Vegas and they're going to work for the best police department in the country, not the second or third or eighth or whatever. What does it say? The suit contends a public employee simply cannot be subjected to discipline or retaliation consistent with our Constitution for the statements that Sergeant made about Nipsey Hussle. LAPD cannot take a position. Expression of opinions praising Mr. Hustle is allowed. This is to your point, but expression, hey, you know, he was such a pioneer in the community and should have never been gunned down. If you say that, nobody cares. If you say, you know, hey, this person was involved in a lifestyle that, you know, eventually caught up to him and somebody took issue with him from a rival group and took a shot at him. That gets you disciplined? I mean, 
that. Yep. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, so he filed his lawsuit on the 16th of November, so it's still pretty fresh. Um, I'm going to go ahead and reach out and see if we can find any more information on it and just follow how, how it ends because it's something that our officers have been disciplined over as well. Yeah, I mean, and hell, maybe we could even, Adela, try and reach out to Sergeant uh, Sidiyama and say, hey, would you mind coming on here and talking about what you went through? Like, what are what are all the true posts? Because we do know that a lot of people put things out, oh, this is what he did, this is what he said, and it turns out that's not true. That's yeah. not even close to what happened. So maybe the Sarge would like to zoom in or Skype in and say, hey, this is kind of, or maybe he'll say, I never heard of your podcast, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> He's probably heard of us. Oh, guaranteed. I mean, we're huge in L.A., yeah. huge in that market because they're all confined to home and they can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next one, uh, New Mexico state police officer gets shot and she doesn't quit. This is this is an awesome video of resilience and, and the, the true warrior mentality. And there was a while where people said we shouldn't have a warrior's mentality. Listen, when you wear a bulletproof vest to work and carry a gun, you have to have a warrior's mentality. There's going to be some things that go on in your shift your work life that you're going to have to be a warrior and fight through and so set this one up dan where are we at we're on a freeway it looks like yeah so we're on a freeway in new mexico i believe uh in between some tribal jurisdictions pulling over a white ford f-150 that's a is it a ford f-150 looks like a chevy to me chevy oh. gmc okay i was gonna say something about ford drivers but i'm gonna refrain from that don't, so, you, don't you drive a Ford? Yes. <laughs> Didn't have an option. <laughs> so she's walking up to the door right now, gets to the passenger door, and a gunshot breaks the glass. She falls on the ground, gets up, and returns fire as the truck's fleeing. Take take that back, Adela. God, if that doesn't if that doesn't just I mean, the first time I saw it, my head jumps back from what you think is that that round coming. I mean. You know, the, one that shows you that there's no routine. She probably does traffic stops up on the freeway all the time. Come up on the passenger side, hey, window comes down, and then this happens. But, shoo. So it ends up striking her in her left hand. She gets up, returns fire. Yeah, yeah. All A right. lot of rounds, good. Runs back to her car. She radios in. Then she gets in the uh, driver's seat and continues to pursue. So she's... Uh, She's got a lot of adrenaline going on right now, so she's using her left hand. But as the video goes on, she starts to lose the use of her, her left hand. She deploys her rifle. She chases a car down. They stop the car. Another car pulls up behind her ends up being the suspect's father. Um, he says, hey, that's my son. She's like, oh, your son just shot me. Pat's dad down. Dad's like, oh, what an idiot. Finally, um, they challenge the uh, shooter's car. He gets out. And she actually takes him into custody herself, placing the handcuffs on herself. She did a great job. She's a warrior. Look, look, still radio traffic. Yeah, hopped in the car. Let's go get this guy. Using her left hand dry. I don't care, adrenaline or not. I mean, you see the blood coming down her hand. I mean, that is just, uh, dude, that's amazing. Never, never been shot. Never, I've been shot at a little bit, but nothing I don't think was close. Could have been close. I don't know, but. This is exactly what police work is about. She's by herself and, yeah. and doesn't have backup. And actually, I think a tribal police officer finally comes in and helps her. But you know, she was uh, she was there to win that day. She was there to go home. So I always tell people did. like that. That's got to be one of the toughest jobs is like highway patrol. Uh, 
because you have no back. Like you don't have other units on the channel waiting to be, you know, right around the corner, just stopping by. Your next backup could be 30 minutes away. Especially in some of the rural spots, you know, in New Mexico, there's long stretches where there's nothing. Same thing with Nevada, northern Nevada. Yeah. Scary. Man, good for her. Or what? Yeah, who 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 knows? Yeah, yeah. If you're talking about yeah, look look, you can just do car stops on people as a civilian. You don't need to be a police officer. You can give them civil driving tickets or whatever it may be. Yeah, tell that to the guy that that just shot at this cop. And uh, I believe the statistics for officer-involved shootings was um, number two. It started by a traffic stop. I think yeah. number one was um, domestic situations, and the second was traffic stops. And um, I believe uh, Timothy McVeigh was was stopped on on a expired license plate. So, freeway sniper shooters stopped. Uh, yep. They were in a car. DC, was a DC, DC sniper. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean it. That that is the biggest unknown. God, that's she's so fucking awesome. Uh, that that is so badass, man. You know, you 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 have any thought that women can't do a job or guys that are small can't do a job? Listen, it ain't about size gender it's about what kind of fight you got in yep. you and that lady's got some she's, fucking fight in her. she's got heart man yeah that's i'd love to just say talk us through what your mindset was like you got hit and what happened like and you said no nah, i'm not just gonna sit here we gotta go get this asshole and uh oh man that's that is awesome that's the shit adele we need more of those videos yeah. and maybe like, maybe people can... coming through man yeah. yeah that's that's stuff that we need to see you know we we had the uh, we had an incident at the jail where the officer was uh, attacked. The person got the mount on him. I mean, the fight was on, and you know, while you're always trained for it, you don't expect it to happen. And when it happens, you're kind of all right. The first thing I got to do is is recognize what's going on, and then it's all right. I'm just gonna lay here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some back on you. And, uh, man, she's you said it, man. She's a straight up warrior. It's so awesome. Yeah, and uh, maybe we can get Winchell's our sponsor to to go out and send their station, you know, a few dozen donuts. Yes, yes, that that would be that would be awesome. Yeah, very cool video. All right, um, next segment, our Christmas dinner. Tell us a little bit about the Christmas dinner. How many families we're looking to feed this year? Uh, it's going to be our first Christmas dinner, but our our Thanksgiving dinner was such a success. Um, we wanted to move into Christmas and see if we can help some people. Yeah, so we we did uh, we we partnered up with Albertsons, we partnered up with Station Casinos, and we did a uh, hundred Thanksgiving dinners. First time the PPA had ever done this, but wanted to really give back to uh, not just our membership but our community to show them that the police and even the union are still a part of the community. So uh, through Adela, she worked her butt off. Uh, we were able to give out a hundred families turkeys, stuffing, uh, vegetables, potatoes. Uh, all that, and then stations kicked in a $50 gift card to Albertsons for everybody as well. So it was a really cool, humbling event. Um, we had one one gentleman reached out to Adela and started breaking down crying about, hey, listen, COVID has affected my family so much. I did not know how I was going to feed my kids for Thanksgiving. And to have us come through um, was, was really fun. I got to do a delivery out to the north part of town and dropped off to a lady there, older lady, and uh, – you know, because of COVID, she she said, I really want to give you a hug, but she just kind of air hugged herself and just broke down in tears, you know, because it meant a lot that people were thinking about others. So uh, that segued us, of course, into, hey, we got Christmas. It's another holiday that people are still affected now. I mean, we're we're continuing to dial back how many people can be in businesses. That's going to inherently affect how many people are working at the businesses. So uh, now we're Absolutely. shooting we're shooting for 150 families. Uh, 
for for our members. So what what we'd like for all of our folks and anyone listening to this, if you know a family that is in need, uh, we had some folks that uh, were nominated, and when we reached out to them, they're like, "Listen, I'm a single man. I don't I don't need anything. I'd rather go to a family." Uh, if you know a family that's in need, that lost their jobs, having a tough time, um, you know, <laughs> it's not a funny time. There's just an inside joke with Adela and uh, how we how people are selected. But uh, um, if you know someone like that, all you got to do is email us and say, hey, here's the family, here's a phone number, reach out to them. Adela handles it from there, uh, and then we're hopeful to do the 150 families. When's our When's our delivery date? 19th of December. So we have until the 16th, 16th to get people's names in. So next, uh, next Wednesday or so. Uh, so if you know any, please shoot them to us. We will, we will do all the contact from there, but, uh, you know, it just, it was a really heartwarming thing for us to do. If you know any community partners or if you are any community partners that want to partner with us, if we could go from 150 to 200 or 200 to 300, we'll do it. We'll handle everything else. We just, we just need people to partner with us. If you want to be a part of it, reach out to us, and uh, we're looking forward to that one. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it. All right, the next one is uh, PPA, um, what we do for officers working on the Strip in downtown on New Year's Eve. So it's my understanding we're still – the department's still doing a, a full rollout on New Year's Eve this year where they're blocking off the streets or letting people come out and celebrate New Year's. However, the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center Authority president canceled the fireworks, but – people are going to still be out there yeah when i met with sheriff lombardo and uh we talked about that i said hey what's what's the deal he said listen we're we're going to still plan as though it's a go because if all those people show up to vegas and we're not ready for it which you know in true metro fashion we'd rather get ready for it and have it not happen than not be ready for it and have it happen Absolutely. so uh what the what they're what i'm hearing is is spring mountain to reno is the only blocked off area uh, we're not going to go further north on the strip. It's going to stop at Spring Mountain. Okay. But full rollout, giving people the streets. Uh, so the PPA will be out there in our normal spots uh, this year as we've been in the past. Okay. What are we going to do for the officers? We're bringing out hot chocolate, right? Coffee? So with the department's help, they give us their, uh, their little ATVs. Uh, we mount. Uh, this year we're going to mount a 10-gallon uh, thermos on the back of each ATV, fill it with hot chocolate, and a 5-gallon thermos with hot coffee. We'll also do food deliveries. At each station, we'll have uh, 9-11 tacos. We'll be there doing, uh, what are we doing, burritos and uh, fillies or sandwiches, stuff like that, things that are easy to transport. Awesome. You, you can get them at the locations. Our three locations usually are Cable Center, right? That's Cable Center. Cable right Center, right, yeah. Uh, cable Center, Caesars, and then uh, under the white tent down on Fremont Street, that's where Myron and, and Chad usually are. So we'll be at those. We'll be there with hot food, hot drinks. But then we'll also go out, and I think, Dan, you and I are going to be the ones driving around, no, no. Uh, giving people on their posts hot coffee, hot chocolate, hot food, whatever we can get to them so that it can make the night a little more bearable. Yeah, usually it's freezing. I've been out there plenty of times, and you're cold. So if you see us driving around, stop by, say hi, grab a cup of coffee. Um, on to the Twitter comments from our first podcast. I guess we have a Twitter page. So actually, my there's there's three good comments I like up here. Um, the the best one was from Build Pod Better at Build Pod Better. He says, "Oh, can you say that three times?" Build fast? Pod Better <laughs> at Build Pod Better. So um, they're referencing. If you want to pull up the picture, yeah, the, the Lay's potato chips in the background. It says, "Oh, that's an interesting way to store Lay's barbecue chips." But okay, 
Where's um, it at? I can't see it. See it? See right there? It's the the, the Thanksgiving garland that we had up there. But <laughs> he thought it's, those were chips. It's a great idea. We should put some clear <laughs> inserts in there and film with barbecue chips for for our meetings. Okay, you think we got good idea? All right, yeah. Um, another one <laughs> I like. Uh, nice masks. This is from Vegas Strong Seven Hundred Two. Great masks uh, or nice masks. Great social distancing. Setting the example like you always do. Um. And then Drew, he actually had a solution to that. He says, how about panty masks for everyone? So those are two funny ones. I don't know. The social distancing and the mask thing, I don't don't agree with. Um, Everybody has their own thoughts on it. Governor says it saves lives, but everybody's wearing masks now, and they're still getting sick, right? So. (laughs) And then great use of taxpayer funds from PDX Kick-Ass. I'm all for making sure you guys get paid fairly and enough for equipment, but this smells like fuckery to me. Well, this is not taxpayer funds, so union funds. Yeah. So, but thanks for the good comments, everybody. I looked at their pages, and they were pretty much all defund the police people, except for Drew. He's the panty mask one. We we dumped Trump. Oh, you already let that whack job taint it. Yeah, she's great. Oh, those are, those are fun. Oh, we got Trina Sears with just a smile. I think that's a smile. Is that a smile emoji? I think she liked yep. the page. I have a Twitter account? Mm-hmm. How do I have a Twitter account? <laughs> what does that mean? How do I log in? Do you think Do you think you know my password if I was to ask you? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Is that my Twitter? That's what do I do on there? <laughs> you tweet. Who tweets it? I Well, who's that pictures? No, it's LVPPA. What did they, like, tag me? Yeah, they did. Oh, Gorman. No, we got to get that off there. Bishop Gorman. What is that? Oh, that was when they. Oh, that's. Hey, quiet back there. No, no, you don't want to. That was when. uh, Yeah, that's right. That's when they had a a team from Miami here and they couldn't fly home. And so 9-11 Tacos went out and and fed these kids and Bishop Gorman put them up. And uh, yeah, shout out to the hospitality. Bishop Gorman, always good. Always good guys. Good camp. Uh, good people over there now. There's a young man over there coaching named Nico that I coached when he was eight years old. Uh, great young man. So we we hope that football will start soon. But so I got it. What I got to do on this Twitter thing? Do I? I don't even. How'd you get in? Did you know my password? Was it that? It was the same one. For those that don't know, I use the exact same password for everything. So if you can crack it, you're gonna get access to my. You're gonna get exact access to my. You're gonna see how much of a hundred air I am. I get $200 in a bank account. Okay, so I got to get more active on Twitter, uh, but I have Twitter. All right, so uh, on to good good boss, bad brass. Did we not have anything from the Frank Mir? Um, no, that was just from the first one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You look nice, Dan. You have a good smile. You always smile so well. Yeah, so you get that full mouth smile. Thank you. Thank Me, you. I, I have too much gums, so I don't like to smile with my teeth because it's weird. Gumby syndrome. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I have more fake teeth in my mouth than I have real ones. So I'd rather just do the like I'm having a like a medical episode maybe, but not. Uh, all right, so all right, we're off Twitter. Um, well, before we get to what everyone is going to want to see, uh, we Myron Ham, our director of corrections, has some uh, some issues I think down at CCDC breaking, booking breaking. Uh, yeah, you know we we didn't have him on the flow chart, but he'd like to jump in and have a, a conversation about some of the issues at 
just CCDC just and booking. Five minutes earlier, he, he kicked the door in. He just got it, got back from booking. He was so upset about this. So I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna turn my headset over to Myron, uh, and so Dan and Myron can talk about uh, the issues going on down there, and I'll go uh, check on my Twitter page, see how it's going. Yeah, it'll fit. Thanks, Steve. This is uh, Myron Ham. He also has a great, great smile. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Myron. Tell, tell the viewers about yourself. Hi, I'm Myron Ham. I'm a director of corrections with the Las Vegas Police Protective Association. Been a rep for about 12 years. Been up here on the board for about four. Um, just happy to be here. Myron Ham also trained me up here. I learned from the best. That's that is accurate. So tell me about we were we were down at booking on I believe Friday night and what we saw was shocking. Part of our job up here is to save jobs, not just to you know try to stave off discipline and things like that. Our job is to ensure people are not getting in trouble and to ensure that they are taking the necessary steps to keep themselves employed. Our job we're not social activists. We're not going to lead a protest march or anything like that. Our job up here is to save a job and to keep these guys employed and these young people that are employed. And booking is a place that I worked in booking um, late, earlier in my career. I've been on for about 20 years now, and I worked in booking for years. And booking was always a place where difficult to work in, there's nuances that happen down there. Things are constantly changing. Um, supervision is constantly changing. Leadership is constantly changing. So everything happens in booking for a reason. So we went down to booking the other night to talk to a young man who, you know, is having some issues down there. We went down there just to give him some counseling. And, you know, to coin a phrase from my illustrious friends here, it was a shit show. It was bad to see down there what was going on. There was a guy sitting in the chair, and this guy sitting in the chair. He There's looked, actually four people sitting in sitting well, the, in the restraint chairs. Well, the one I'm pointing out first is the one that kept calling me a cracker and a peckerneck. Peckerwood. Oh, whatever, I can't. I, I was standing know. behind you. I think he was talking to me. You think so? Yeah. I think he was calling me the pecker word, but that's just me. Guy was just screaming and yelling. He'd been assaulted in a cell by another inmate, not by an officer. And there were three other people sitting in chairs that had been placed in restraint chairs, and it was just a mess. Uh, the sergeants were coming in and out of the office. They looked disheveled. The place was crowded. There had to be, what, 70, 80 people? It, at least. And, and booking is the place where these guys are. They've just been arrested. They're coming off the street. Um, they go in the first part. They're putting, you know, belly chains for maybe an hour, two hours. They sit there. And then they go to the next phase where they're taken out of belly chains and they're they're fingerprinted and we're sitting at the the station where they're being fingerprinted and these guys are still high drunk um still up here they haven't had that time to calm down and and tell them what we saw well the problem is is that you see two females and two young ladies that are not officers, they're DSTs, which is a detention services technician. So they're civilians. They're civilians. And they are fingerprinting these guys that are just coming in off the street. They are having direct inmate contact with these inmates. They're putting their hands on them. They're giving them direction. Hey, stand here. Give me this hand. Give me that finger. They're giving them direction. You have people that have been arrested by cops. These young ladies are in there wearing smocks with LVMPD patches on them. They don't care who they are and why they're there. They just know that they're working for the police department. And they're part of the entity that's keeping you in 
at that moment. So lo and behold, we're thinking, wow, this is, this is kind of a messed up system. How did it get to this point? Well, we know how it got to this point. It got to this point because a couple of years ago, the department wanted to hire some lesser trained officers and call them DOs, which is a detention officer. Well, unfortunately for them, they went up against the PPA and we managed to beat back the hiring of this DO position because it was something that they were trying to backdoor like they normally do and just put out there. Well, now what they did was they, instead of hiring DOs, they took two positions away from booking. They took those two fingerprint spots away. So two commissioned officers used to do this, right? Right. It used to be two commissioned officers. They would be out there. And that means they were also available for a response, things like that, if a fight broke out. Because when we were there, how many times did uh, you see officers just running down the hallway? Yep, fights were breaking fight? out. They were throwing people in the chair. And, and that's what left the gap where these two female civilians were with more than likely violent felons by themselves. Correct. They were no by officers themselves. present. And, I mean, they could be murderers. They don't say, hey, this guy just killed somebody. We're going to let an officer do it. No, they, they let these civilians do it. And we've had multiple occasions in the last year where these girls were attacked by the inmates, and there still hasn't been a change. Not only attacked, they are sexually harassed. They are made offers of sexual favors. Grabbed. You know, grabbed, groped, things like that. It's happening right down there in front of us. But no one seems to think that this is a bad idea. Um when we brought this up a couple of years ago, the captain at the time and the, I think it was the labor, labor relations director at the time, they said that, oh no, they would be totally safe. Our people would be safe and no one would get hurt and there would always be an officer there. Well, the officer that was there that night and in her defense, she's watching this room plus having to watch the fingerprint section as well. And a fight's going on. And a fight's going on. So she can't do four things at nope. one time. And when I asked the DST, I said, hey, where's if something were to happen in here right now, you were to get attacked by this guy over here, you're fingerprinting. You know, the guy that's, what, about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, yeah. twice her size. What would you do? Oh, we have an officer here. And I looked around and I asked her, where? And she said, right there. And she pointed around a pillar and over into the corner, I said, well, yeah, the officer's out there in the lobby. So where, where is your backup? Where is your protection? And she said, I don't know. I just get paid to be here. And almost every time we go down there, we talk to these girls. And actually, we're, we're approached by them asking us to help them. They said, hey, we don't feel safe. We're getting attacked. Um, I don't want to come to work in tears because they don't feel safe. And they're asking us for help, saying, hey, our union doesn't help us. They don't have a problem with this. Um, it's, it's time for it to stop. It's time for it to change. Nobody should go to work um, scared of being attacked or groped or sexually assaulted because the department wanted to save some money. And that's all it is. It's a way to save some money. It's a way to save a couple of bucks. It's a way for them to push things off. But the day someone gets hurt, that's when the first well, thing the department's going to do is they're going to look for someone to blame. It's, they've been hurt. It's just how bad now? How bad right. does it have to get? So they've been, they've, they know, they know it's a problem. They've been put on notice and they continue to ignore it. So if something comes up, they know they can't, they can't deny it. I would just like to, what do you think? You think there's another department in this country where you have civilians actually fingerprinting and touching inmates? I don't know, but if they do, shame on them yeah. as well. I would be hard pressed to find another department that is actually allowing civilians to touch inmates. I would be hard-pressed to find that. And I think we're asking for trouble 
also you can save a couple of dollars on a post. And this was from a regime, the previous regime in booking, where you had a captain that took over that's never worked booking or never worked any posts for that matter. And now that person gets to make the decision and make the statement that, oh, it's totally safe. Well, how would they know? If you've never done the job, how would you know? Bill Belichick's the greatest football coach of all time. He's actually played football, so he can make that statement that he knows what it's like to get hit and play football. But if you're the captain of that bureau and you've never worked that bureau, you've never done a pat search or done any of that stuff, how would you know? Well, those two positions were cut and multiple others out of booking, is my understanding. So now it's understaffed. They're one of the busiest areas in the jail, and it used to be one of the most senior places to work. You you had to have eight to ten years on to get down there. Now people are coming right off field training because it's not a good spot to work anymore because the staffing. I mean, they need to bring it back. No, three and, years ago, my best friend who was down in booking before he retired – he had a 6903P number. I think it was 6900 somewhere in there. And he was middle of the pack in getting a vacation and mm -hmm. seniority down there. He was middle of the pack with a 6900P number. I mean. It, it, it shows you something's yeah. messed up when that's how it's went. You know, the senior people all left. They all decided, yeah, we've had enough. Ham, thanks for joining us today. Hey, not a problem. My pleasure, Dan. Appreciate it. Right, and brother. next we have the Packy Chip Challenge with John. Ooh. So, I'll wait till Steve gets up here. We'll talk a little bit about this packy chip challenge. Yeah, let me give Steve his headphones because my I think I've stretched them out about three or four feet. <clears throat> that is a good haircut, by the way. I like that. I don't wear product. <laughs> I, have a f I have a friend of mine that stylist has head. gotten compliments from the ticket clerk at the airlines because of his product placement and usage and it's i mean his his product game is dialed in so we have john yes up next the packy chip challenge you're I, and you're not you're not bitching out on this one so let's recap frank mears here you former ufc heavyweight champion uh, uh bellator fighter uh gonna be fighting again daughter is gonna be a champion he's in the room john comes down we say hey let's see john forgot and screwed up to buy the package chip before. You were scared. You were scared. I mean, rightfully so. I've been looking up a lot of it, and I'm scared for him. Too. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's all myth. I don't even think it's really hot. But so At he one point, I thought he was going to die. He screwed that up, and we said, hey, listen, we're talking about rear naked chokes. We're talking about that stuff. Let's have Frank choke you out. Yeah. And you and I both thought it was going to happen, it's right? It's safe. He came down. They probably, if, if the legislator would see him get choked out by Frank Mir and come back, to life and not die, they would have reversed their latest law and we'd be able to do LVNRs again. But across John ruined it for everybody who's a cop in the state of Nevada. Thank you, John. And across the country, it would have it would have made Set national news. Yep. Yeah, uh, because I mean, we've got, I think we have seventy five thousand followers right now with our podcast, uh, Spotify. If you want to pick add us a, up, at a zero, uh, maybe may, yeah, maybe seven hundred fifty thousand. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm probably even downplaying that number, but so it would have made national news. He he chickened out, didn't do it. So then we said, hey, how about a leg kick? Frank's a jiu-jitsu guy. Leg kick, probably not his strong suit. No, he, uh, is, he is way bigger arms than legs, I think. Yeah, you know, John's a solid, stout guy. So yeah. Leg kick, not going to happen. I'd rather be choked out. Uh, so here we go. We say he, he flaked out on everything else, uh, but he came through. And so bring it up front and center, John. We, so this, this will be another sponsor. 
the uh, Packy One Chip Challenge. Uh, we're we're gonna do this. So I would I would direct people to YouTube if you could watch the YouTube of Shaq eating one of these on the broadcast. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's pretty entertaining. What's that for? So John. No, this no. This is a full blown no. We're not. John has two minutes where he can't eat or drink anything afterwards. All We're right. gonna put a timer on after two minutes. He can drink. I, I looked up people dying from this. I guess it's kind of like COVID. You don't actually die from the COVID or the packy chip. You die from pre-existing medical conditions. And other than passing out for no reason last week, you're a pretty healthy guy. So I think we should be good. All right. So we've got we've got the chip. This is this is exciting stuff. All right. This is the he's. That's a band-aid. <laughs> that, that was to cover up the massive cut that he sustained yeah. from that 30-foot fall. tortilla chip I have ever seen in my life. That's a normal size I've seen bigger. Chip. Holy so God. I don't even think, so right here, get I don't even think there's really anything on it. It doesn't even smell hot. No. Oh <laughs> no, there's nothing. <laughs> <It smells laughs> there's nothing there. As He's as, making that up. As soon as you eat. Are you going to start the timer for him for two minutes? As soon as he terrible. eats it, okay. I'm he's got to get sweating. it down. All right. <laughs> I'm All right. sweating. So, listen, this is a lot of buildup. There were a lot of cops that I talked to that I said, hey, listen. They want this. On the Frank Mir episode, John's going oh to eat the chip. God. They were like, listen, I'm going to watch it just for that. It didn't happen there. It's going to happen now. Get ready. Packy chip challenge. John Abel. Let's see what we got. Go. All right. Not not hot at all, I don't think. All right, we're starting. It, it doesn't hit you right as you're chewing, right? It's gonna it's gonna take a minute. Once once it hits the sinus, <laughs> once it's once it hits the mouth, it'll start building a little. So we're twelve seconds in. John, you're, you're doing swallow either. You're not the whole freaking You're doing thing. great. You're doing great. Wow. I don't see any. I issue. didn't expect this. His face isn't red. He's not sweating. I, I do see I a think we got a defective. I do see a tinge of sweat. A defective up top, chip. But that's it. Uh Shaq ate it, and it didn't hit him for maybe about a minute and a half. Um, I swallowed now. You seem like you're doing just fine, John. It's building. This isn't <laughs> affecting you at all, I don't think. Oh, it's building. <laughs> I think you're okay. Oh, oh it's building, my friend. No, I don't, 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 <laughs> don't turn away. Our viewers want to yeah, see we, this. Got, <laughs> how much time have I got? Thirty. Oh my. Forty God. seconds left. Hey, you there, got, uh, you got a minute and twenty left. <laughs> it's. It's just, <coughs> just tell yourself it's just a chip. Oh, I'm gonna put this timer up here so oh. the viewers can see. It's just a chip. Uh. <laughs> Could you stop sticking your tongue out? Oh, Please. Oh. It's, 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 it's a mental game. How much job. time? Uh, the viewers gotta see it. You gotta you got a oh minute my left, God. man. Time's slowing down. Show the warrior mindset. You need to stand there and you need to say, hey, I can handle this call right now. I can do my job. Some little bit of heat ain't gonna bother me. Look at that. <laughs> You're barely sweating. You're can, being dramatic. Can, can you? What's what's a 440? The warrant. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You got 50 seconds left, John. Oh my God. <laughs> give me give me some important topics. Oh, in, I can't. In NRS 289, John, you got to talk through this. What's going you on? Make, in the it's. <laughs> 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 John, you got 45 seconds left, buddy. Come on, man. You can do this. This is no big deal. It's all mental, John. It's all mental. There's nothing to it. <laughs> nothing to it. Look at it. Time is just ticking off. 
It's totally and it's still when it, when it's so hot. I don't I yeah. don't think though that the water is going to help. <laughs> I, I do think that they say milk or something dairy. No, there's you got a, there, hold on. There's a we bar, got thirty a, seconds left, John. If you throw up on our podcast, <laughs> you there's a good chance you'll be removed from the PPA. John, you're doing good, buddy. Oh, dude, it's you're, you're almost, almost there. there. Thirty you're seconds. There. Thirty seconds, and then you can have all the water you want. How, are you glad you did this, John? No. No. Will you look back at this? <laughs> Will you look back at this in life and go, hey, I did it? You know, some people get tasered and they're like, hey, I did it. I've been there. This could change your life. Look at it. If you've we, done this, you yeah. can do anything. There's, there's, you've got this, man. 20 seconds left, John. Yeah, come on. You got it, buddy. Look, yeah, you go. Yeah, right through it. Right through it. You're not sweating at all. <laughs> Why are you doing that arm thing? Is I don't it, know what that's Is it cooling doing. things down? I think you're trying to fly away. <laughs> what uh, What's going through your mind right now, John? I'm What I mean, is there... You got 15 seconds left, John. Yeah, you're almost there, buddy. I really thought we'd see more sweat pouring. I see it now on the on the hairline a little. You're doing good, man. I, I don't think anyone else could do this. Yeah, you got it. Is it getting better? No. <laughs> you got 10 seconds left, John. <laughs> it's not... So, John, I've been pausing this for the last five You've minutes. You've probably been waiting about four minutes or so. So let's get some water. Let's 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 see. Does the water help? Give him a Coke. It's cold water. <laughs> Is that helping at all? Is it? So it's not that bad. So if you if you eat the pocky chip, and then is the water really subsiding a lot of the heat, or is it coming back? No, it's. The coolness he's, is he's, that then it comes back. Recovering. Okay. He's right. 100% recovered now. Yeah, you seem fine. You're, you, listen, I'm going to tell you what. I think you did way better than I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Is <laughs> is the hype real on the pocket chip challenge or is it bearable? <clears throat> is it as bad as you thought? Have you eaten hotter things? No. Is oh, it? you haven't? Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> Feeling good? Still not. What's that warrior mindset? That that's exactly what we've talked about is warrior mindset, and you have it, John Abel. Good job, John. Yeah, bad. with an injury, no less. With an injury. Bad. Denver Bronco colored uh, band aid. Nice job, John. Nice job. Nice job, Abel. Very proud of you. You handled that like a champ. You are starting to sweat now, though. <laughs> Chicken wings for lunch. <laughs> all right all right clothing get, get out of our shot john yeah. the hell out of here we got business to do. great job it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be no, yeah, i thought I was, it was going to be worse i wanted <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see it he's off camera now and now he's shaking he looks head. a lot more red now <laughs> he's going to the bathroom it looks worse as he's made it out of camera oh man that was good hey you know what hey john He's done. I want to know if he would still trade the uh, rear naked choke for the pocky chip. I would have done the choke. I would have too. We need to bring him yeah. back because that's not going to. We go need away. to bring him back. He's going to be in trouble for like a half hour. <laughs> that's not going that way. No. Yeah, it's good for him. I good brought for tums him. though for him. That's, he needs milk and cheese. <laughs> All right, uh, we we bring episode four to a close. Um, so to close, final thoughts. Uh, listen, look back and reflect on what our uh, our sister in New Mexico went through with that officer-involved shooting. Um, we don't need to look any further than here in our own city when 1 October happened. We had officers 
uh, getting shot in the uh, in the lung. You know, Brady Cook getting shot and still in the fight. You know, you're never out of the fight, no matter what you think. Uh, when you're when you're in it and you're going through it, and I can't attest to it. I haven't been there myself, but from the people that have. You just gotta. You can't think. Oh, I'm never gonna see my kids. I'm never gonna see my wife, my husband. I'm not. You're gonna say I'm gonna do everything I need to do right now to go home and see those people. And ultimately, in law enforcement, that's the goal for the end of the night. For every shift, every every tour of duty at the jail is to make sure you go home at the end of the night and see your family and uh, you know make it through this career. So, on behalf of Dan, myself, the PPA podcast number four, uh, Adela, always putting uh, good stuff in there. John and his pocket chip challenge. Uh, Want to wish you guys uh, well, be safe, and we'll see you on the next one.